the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God, oh! they did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double water. Hit that one from the parking lot. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the College Basketball Conference Tournament Betting Preview Part 5. I'm Stucky, and joining me today to cover four conference tournaments, my guy, Kai McEwen. Kai, what's going on, brother? Not much. I just watched the Kennesaw Liberty final. Tough to be decided on a foul call, but uh, a great game either way. A lot of good basketball today. Insane that Kennesaw is dancing. They were 1-28 in, in, what, 2019-2020, like three years ago. Crazy yeah. job by Abdul Rahim building that program. A lot of guys who have been there for a while. I do feel for Darius McGee. Mm-hmm. Get 0, 0 for 11 from three. It gave me similar vibes to – I was in Vegas for Wofford, Kentucky when Fletcher yeah. McGee went 0 of 12 in his last game of his career. It was – I'm sure uh, McGee will probably play in a postseason tournament. That might not be his last game, but they gave me the mm-hmm. same same vibes, and I felt bad for him because he's a hell of a player and hell of a shooter. Probably the worst shooting game of his career at the wrong time. Yeah, and he averaged like 45 points per game against Kennesaw the previous two games. So it's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a shocker. Yeah, something about McGee's in March. Unfortunate. Um, feel for him as well, but Abdur Rahim, man, what a program build. Just so impressed by what he's done there. Yeah, and, and they that was an enormous call because McGee wasn't going to miss forever, and all the momentum was that they don't score there. I think it's Liberty's game in overtime. So Kennesaw's dancing. We have some weird teams in the dance. Simo uh, <laughs> is dancing. Fairly Dickinson. It's insane that they're dancing. This stupid rule. Right. Mary Mack is. <laughs> we're going to. And then that means we also get a conference tournament that means nothing. I mean, obviously it means something to the kids, and but like, mm-hmm. come on, can we? Get, it's maybe the first year. I mean, I, I think it's just stupid regardless, but I, I, come on. And then Drake, who was just dominant. Uh, the way that they did it on national TV, they might become everyone's darling. And mm-hmm. I think they're a great darling to take to the dance. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. They're super experienced. They they don't really make mistakes. They have a great guard play. They have a great coach, in my opinion, DeVries, and they play great defense. So there's a lot of good things going for them. Missouri Valley also tends to be a, a Cinderella uh, story in the, in March Madness quite often. Yeah, Drake's healthy now. They've dealt with a lot of injuries in the past. There's only seven guys in all of college basketball that are over, that are 25 or older. Drake has three. Um, <laughs> Roman Penn is 40 years old. He, he started yeah. for Siena in 2017. Mm-hmm. 2017 season, uh, which is just insane. But yeah, they're dangerous. I really don't want like some of my futures teams on the four or five line to face them. And I would love to bet them against a couple others. Give me them against like Virginia or Iowa Absolutely. State. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, Drake will be a dangerous team come tournament. But we have we have four other leagues to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Big West, the Big East, the Mountain West, and the WAC. So a little West Coast flavor today with the Big East. Let's start. Where do you want to start? What are you most passionate about out of, out of these four? Oh, man. Most passionate? Uh, no. Let's let's start Big West. How about that? Okay. Sure. Uh, Big West, Tuesday to Saturday, 
Yeah, and you got three three tournaments out west that are all that are in Vegas, and then the Big East tournament, which is in the world's most famous arena. But let's mm-hmm. start Big West Tuesday to Saturday in Henderson, Nevada. Ten of the eleven teams will participate in this tournament because UC San Diego, a lot of gap. They've had a, some pretty infamous gambling moments this year and meltdowns, and their yes. second halves have been pretty interesting. But they're not eligible for this. Which is it's just ridiculous. Like some some of these teams are. We're going to talk about what the I think we have a do we have, in the whack. Is there? Well, they have the weird thing about New Mexico State, right? They they forfeited yeah, there, their season. <laughs> yeah, there's some other. There's a couple other conferences where teams that are playing and aren't eligible for the tournament, but they can win like Merrimack. But it's, so who knows? You're not even letting UC San Diego play in the conference tournament. It's ridiculous. Yeah, their games uh, don't even count for the standings. I think in the yeah. Midwest. That's a weird weird rule they have. Only conference yeah. does that. Yeah. Um, but the one seed is UC Irvine. They are the favorites to win it. They're plus 160-ish. UC Santa Barbara is the two seed. They're plus 325. Then UC Riverside is the three seed. They're nine to one. Fullerton's actually the four seed and four to one. Then Hawaii is the five seed, six to one. Then you're at UC Davis, the six seed, 10 to one. Beach the seven seed, 16 to one. And then you have your, the dregs, Polly Northridge and Bakersfield are, you know, hundred to one plus it's worth noting that. And I think UC Irvine got the number one seed because they went two and O against Riverside and Santa Barbara went O and two against Riverside. And in the bottom half of the bracket, that's who Santa Barbara would face in the semis. If they get by the winner of beach and Polly and Riverside gets by UC Davis. So talk to me about just high level, what you see in the big West. Are there, is there any value or at the top or any long shots worth exploring? Yeah. First off, I would say it's pretty wide open because these teams one through seven, there's not a lot of gap between them between like a hundred and one forty seven on Kimpom. You're not going to see a spread higher than three points ish among these teams. So kind of tough to pick a winner in terms of, uh, or, or, or emphatically pick a winner, let's say, which is why I kind of lean towards um, a team not named Irvine, a team with a little bit longer odds. I lean towards Barbara here. I think Santa Barbara is the most talented team in the conference, um, have the best guard in A.J. Mitchell, arguably the best front court as well. Um, now, they do have to play Riverside in round two, like you said, who swept them, uh, but they were close games. Um, and again, I, I tend to ride talent in the tournament. I'm leaning their way right now, plus 325. It sticks out to me as one of the better values in this conference. Now on the, so if you're looking at the top half and you're wanting to fade UC Irvine, cause let me see if I run this real quick, cause I want to grab at you Irvine at plus one sixty. I mean, I have them at like 30%. So there is zero value in UC Irvine. I'm going to come on here and make a case for my beloved Hawaii Warriors. Mm-hmm. So they would, you know, the first, I think you could find, if you could find like an eight to one out there, um, they did get blown out in the finale against Santa Barbara. But before that, if you look at a lot of their losses, I mean, they lost to Fullerton in overtime earlier in the season, they lost to Yale in, in overtime. They lost to commerce by two. They lost to Irvine. Uh, let's see. They lost to, they lost at Irvine beat Irvine at home. They lost to Riverside by two. 
they lost. I mean, they lost to, to Santa Barbara by one. I mean, six of their ten losses were by mm-hmm. two or less or in overtime. You know, they they did get the Silva back last game, and this kid, Morsec, the seven foot one freshman, has really come on down the stretch. He had a rough game. I think they were really just walking into a buzzsaw at UC Santa Barbara going for, mm-hmm. you know, a share of the regular season title. But, yeah, I, I don't mind the matchup of Hawaii against Irvine if they get by Fullerton, which is certainly no given. That's close to a coin flip game. But I, I like the upside of Hawaii. Any thoughts there on who else you could attack on the top half with Hawaii? It is worth noting, you know, I know set has been playing lately at the Silva's back, but mm-hmm. Hawaii has no bench, which right. could be a factor. What do you see in the top half other than Irvine? I kind of like Fullerton and Hawaii to beat Irvine, so either team that comes out of that matchup. So Fullerton doesn't get a lot of press, but they won this tourney last year, and they've beaten every single top team in the league. So that they've proven they can beat these teams, they compete. And then in Hawaii's case, their defense, their toughness is what gives them a high ceiling, I think, in a, in a tournament setting. They can drag any team into the mud. Um, you know, I, I do worry eventually when they get to the championship, play Santa Barbara. Seems to be the one team that can kind of out-talent them, we'll say. I think it's really hard for Hawaii to be top talent. But a team like Fullerton, Irvine, I think Hawaii can hang in there, drag them in the mud, and win by their defense. So, again, Fullerton or Hawaii, I kind of like their chances over Irvine. Yeah, the if, if you look at Santa Barbara, they and you look at their, their metrics, they live – in the mid range and they thrive in the mid range. And that's what Hawaii, that's where Hawaii forces you to go, right? They take away the three. I think they are, they might have the lowest number one defensive perspective. Yeah. Number one, they don't give up any threes. They have a lot of length. They can contest shots and you know, they're, they can defend at the rim, but if you can thrive in that mid range game, which is what Santa Barbara can do with their guard, that's why they've given Hawaii a bunch of trouble. So I think it actually works in Hawaii's favor that, Barbara's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would hope that, you know, I mean, I think you could find an eight to one, and then you can always hope that Riverside knocks off Barbara again. Hawaii did beat Riverside by four on the road, and they lost by two at home. I think that's a little better matchup for them. So, yeah, I think depending on who you like in that Hawaii Fullerton game, and obviously shop around, I think that, let's see, because who would I prefer from a matchup perspective, Hawaii or Fullerton against Irvine? And I think they both are going to be, they're going to be priced similarly, right? These two teams are in the same stratosphere. Yeah. Um, same, same spread either way, most likely for both those teams. Yeah. Yeah. The Fullerton, who's more reliant, who can shoot the three? I mean, like Fullerton, Fullerton can shoot, can shoot. The three a little better, miss. which is which is good because Ir- Irvine again. What are they? The number one two point defense again, as always, mm-hmm. yeah, um, per usual. So yeah, I think it would just depend on price and then who you like in that matchup. Um, I'm kind of biased to Hawaii. They have, they have a soft spot in my heart, so I'm I'm going to go with the Bows as the long shot. You're calling Santa Barbara, um, what plus plus three fifty ish. Yeah, around there. And hey, if you want a flyer, we haven't even talked about Riverside. I think they're nine to one in some places. I mean, they're going to be a pick with UC Davis, who they swept. They swept Santa Barbara, and then you make the championship. They did get swept by Fullerton and Irvine, so not great matchups there. But with the price, you might consider uh, Riverside as well. Like I said, these top seven teams are pretty much 
indistinguishable. Yeah, and you you always have a guy. Uh, you have a guy like Zion Pullen yep. in your back pocket, and he didn't play. I mean, he didn't play uh, for what two weeks early in January, which yeah. shockingly good um, without him. Yeah, they like won almost every game except Fullerton, but he's fully back now. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that there's much of a a difference between all these teams, which makes Irvine just throw them out the window. They could they could obviously win this tournament, but at their current price, there is absolutely no value and because they're so short i think it's creating some value uh on some of the other teams and it just comes down to a personal preference of who you like and for what reason yeah absolutely all right good stuff on the big west let's go out east and talk the big east tournament which will be march 8th through the 11th obviously in Madison Square Garden. The interesting part about this tournament is Villanova has already advanced on Wikipedia. So if you go to Wikipedia (laughs) and you pull up the bracket, the Big East bracket, you will see Villanova has already advanced past Georgetown and will face Creighton Mm. on Thursday. But um, anyway, the, as far as the odds are concerned, UConn is the favorite at plus 280 Marquette. Who's the one seed plus 290. Obviously, shop around. These can differ per book. The Creighton, plus 340. Xavier, plus 430. Villanova, plus 800. Providence, plus 1500. Paul, plus 30 to 1. The home Johnny's 55 to 1. Then you're down in the dregs of Georgetown to Paul and Butler. The top six seeds get a buy here. That's Marquette, Xavier, Creighton, Villanova, UConn, and Providence. St. John's will take on Butler. In the first round, Seton Hall will take on DePaul, and Villanova will take on Georgetown. The first thing I'll, I'll mention here is, look, Villanova. you might hear Villanova get a lot of love with the way that they're playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Justin Moore has returned, and he's really important. He's facilitator on that offense. He's a really good on, on-ball defender. But 8-1, to one, I mean, let, they got to win four games in four days. Now, they play really slow. They have a decent bench. Like they're not like trying to run up and down the court, but they got to, so they'll take on Georgetown first. You figure minus 12, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. If you just take that game and then presumably they got to play Creighton, then Xavier, then UConn. If you assume that they were a pick in all three of those games at minus 11, which they're not going to be a pick. They, they no. were just plus two against UConn at, at home. If they were just a pick toss up in all three of those games and then minus 11, 12 against Georgetown, a money line roller would be 10 to one. <laughs> like so do not take right. eight to one of villanova and if you're not familiar with how money line rollover works you would just t- take a unit and th- in the first game say your unit was a hundred dollars you bet a hundred hundred risk a hundred dollars on villanova money line against georgetown right it's going to return pennies but then you would take that hundred plus whatever you won and then put it on money line the next game etc cetera, etc cetera. you only risk um your original unit and then by the time you're done you would you, you want to kind of compare them now there's also uncertain, you could have a huge upset. You could have, mm-hmm. you know, St. John's make it to the final. But even so, you still are probably going to get better than the 8-1 to that's out there. So that's the first thing that I'll say. The second thing that I'll say is who do I want to attack here from, like, fading? If you look over the past month, and this kind of illustrates, okay, Villanova's pro- – look, and they've been playing well. They just beat Creighton. But over the past month, which is three games into Justin Moore coming back, he kind of struggled, was rusty. Over the past month, you on per Torvik, 
UConn number one team in the country yep. over the past 30 days. Creighton 16, Xavier 19, Marquette 35. You know, Villanova's like 48th. So it's not like they've been a top 20 team since then. John's 79, Hall 85, Providence 90th. Yep. They've been the 90th best team over the past month. But, you know, they're 15 to 1. What makes them potentially interesting, I hate that they go up against UConn. They did split with UConn in their season. I don't think it's a great matchup. But, you know, we've seen Cooley make runs here before. Do you get an inspired effort from Providence after getting embarrassed on their home court by Seton Hall to close out the regular season? Because if they can beat UConn, right, there's – I like Marquette could lose to St. John's. We've seen th- – those games will be super high variance. We saw St. John's had a shot to win mm-hmm. at Marquette this past weekend. So, like, can Providence get by UConn? Because if so, at 15 to one, you know, they're only going to win three games. That might be interesting. I actually do show value in UConn because I think Marquette that, you know, the same price as UConn is crazy. Um, So I actually show a tad, which is hardly ever happens with these teams at the top, but I show a little bit of value on UConn at its current price in the bottom half. You know, Xavier is getting healthier, playing well. You have Creighton there, but Villanova plays them tough which makes me probably just toss them to the side. And then there's no value in Villanova. That's kind of how I see it um, from a broad perspective. Uh, why don't you break it down from what you see? Yeah. First of all, I think it's a tough league to pick. I think the top four of this league is awesome. Uh, UConn, Marquette, Xavier Creighton. I think all four teams can make runs in the tournament. Um, I, I, I agree with you on Nova. I'm not interested in this future from a value perspective, from the perspective of, I don't really think they're that good. I think they're getting a lot of press and they're certainly better than they were in the non-conference, but they're not an elite team by any stretch. Um, Providence always tough. And if you They're, like them, just money line roll over. Exactly. Please just, just do that. Just, <laughs> just do that instead. Providence is, is is a tough team to peg. They're they're a wild card. They have a lot of talent. Bryce Hopkins, I mean, top end talent, and they have a great coach. And they're weird, and they really grind games out, and they're physical, um, and can definitely win in a tournament setting. But like you said, UConn, that first matchup is terrible for them. And this UConn team, they look like they did in Portland when they were dominating teams at the beginning of the season. I think they could be the best team in the country still. Um, and, and that's scary. They have to get past Marquette who can definitely throw some stuff at them, but I think they're good enough to do it. Game two, they seem to figure it out against Marquette. The one that's kind of intriguing to me is Xavier at five to one. That's assuming Zach Fremantle plays. I think he is going to come back for the big East tournament. They were borderline top 10 in the country when he was in, was when he was in the lineup. Um, they have beaten Creighton. They've gotten past them before. Um, if he's back, they're the best shooting team in the conference, and they're much better on defense with him in the game. So that could be a little bit of value, Xavier. But again, it's tough to emphatically say they're going to beat Creighton, who's another team I, fr- I frankly just like. So I guess I go UConn if I had to choose a team in here um, based on what the prices are on the market. Yeah, I mean, Z- Xavier's really – I mean, the, the other thing that we talked – I talked about this with Maddie in the previous our previous episode – if you haven't listened to that, make sure you check that out. We were talking Pac-12, and like Utah got healthier over the weekend, but it's like one game. Xavier, it's even they, Fremantle hasn't come back yet. In right. his absence, the guard their guards are playing really, really well, and maybe New York City turns into a boomtown. I heard that announcer say that the other <laughs> day. I love love that line. But you know, Fremantle if, if he comes back. Is he, you know, you got to assimilate him back in the lineup. Is he going to, like, how many minutes does he get? He hasn't played yet. He hasn't played since 
January 28th. Um, Cause I agree that the upside with him fully assimilated into the lineup is huge, but is he going to be that? Is he going to play full minutes? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be some rust is, you know, so like, is there like conditioning? I, I don't, so I don't know. Um, they have looked good without him though, to your point in those have. nine, the nine games he missed, they lost three of them combined four points. They lost by in those three games. So they haven't exactly gotten killed by any means. One of them was Butler bad loss, but they shot horribly. Um, so they're a couple of possessions away from nine and zero without Fremantle in the lineup, who is arguably behind boom, their most impactful player. Yeah. I, you know, my strategy for this, because I'm looking to fade Marquette. I, I Marquette at the current price, I think is 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 pretty crazy. Um, just from where I have them rated, I don't think they match up well with UConn. I think UConn could just dominate. Too big. At, yeah. yeah, at the rim. So like I I show some value on UConn, and so I might end up playing UConn, and then also maybe a little like a smaller play on Providence is just a dart. Because mm-hmm. I, I want to fade Marquette at the top because I do think if Providence can just put one inspired effort together, then I mean it's pretty when you think about it, they're 15 to one. They got to win one fewer game than Villanova. And right. they have an easier path overall than Villanova. And Villanova's at eight to one. And it, mm-hmm. it's look, Georgetown stinks, but it's not a gimme. It's not like you're playing Stony Brook. Uh <laughs> Georgetown still has like a lot of talent. They they never can put it together, but like it's not out of the realm that Georgetown wins that game. Right. And like, yeah, we've seen Ewing win a big East tournament before, right. He's, he's done it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see if Georgetown can have some renewed life here because they have a talented backcourt and, you know, Nova plays slow. I, it's, it's not like that's a hundred percent given for Nova to advance. So um, yeah, I'm going to call, I think UConn is playing way too well right now. So I'm going to call UConn wins this thing. And, but if you're, if you want to take a dart or a flyer, um, I don't hate Providence because basically you're just betting. Can they put it together for one game against UConn? And, you know, people are, some people are always going to talk themselves into the Johnnies, you know, it's in New York. They're just way too erratic and way too inconsistent. Like they could upset anybody. This is why, you know, I want to fade Marquette too, because they could easily beat Butler and then beat Marquette. Mm-hmm. But like putting, you know, them beating two more quality opponents in the Big East, I, I don't see it happen. Would you agree? I agree. Uh, too erratic. And I think Mike Anderson knows he's on the way out. So who knows what, what factors in there are affecting the team? Yeah, it's he's look like he has his style. And but they the Big East started doing the you know, they go to the, um, the coaches like talk, like they show what they're talking about during the uh, timeouts on Mm -hmm. FS one. And like the difference between him and then Sean Miller, they like when Xavier was playing them, like Sean Miller is going into like, all right, we need to do this and specific like schematics. And, and then Anderson's like, all right, we got a rebound. And then like (laughs) walks away. I'm like, tells y'all I need to know. Yeah. All right. Good stuff on the biggies. Uh, any, any, I guess I should have mentioned this for the Big West or Big East, but for either conference, any matchups in the first round or just down the line from a betting perspective that you're itching to potentially see? You know, not in particular. Um, Like I said, I really, really like this top four. Xavier Creighton, Connecticut in particular. And I really think if Fremantle comes back, Xavier is probably the team to beat. 
Well, if you, and I agree that like, if you just look at this market right now, I mean, the narrative on Villanova, this is, they're definitely overvalued overall. And, you know, you might have to hold your nose, but Georgetown probably is going to have value. Maybe we'll even get a, a juicier number in the first round. Is it 200 to one? I mean, no, I mean like just against the number against Villanova. Oh yes, absolutely. They're going to be yeah. favored by double digits, 12 points probably. Yeah. That's, yeah. Seems high. Yeah, I think Georgetown played Villanova earlier this year. They lost by four at Nova, lost by 16 at home. But they're way more talented than they played. So, like, you get a team like that, new life, fresh start, one game as a double-digit dog. I, You know, Nova plays, kind of grinds it out. I think Georgetown is probably going to be on my card, unfortunately, or fortunately, if they end up covering. <laughs> they They're great, they, first yeah, half, they hang usually. tough in the first half, <laughs> and then they will have moments. This is a lot last year where they'll, they'll, they'll score like 10 straight in the final minute to get in the back door. Right, that's just um, what they do. Yeah. As a reminder, before we go any further, college basketball season is in full swing. So get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and receive first bet insurance up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little Mountain West. This will be played in the Thomas and Mac centered UNLV's home in Las Vegas, Nevada between starts on Wednesday, ends on Sunday, March 8th to the 11th. Boise State is your defending champion. San Diego State is the one seed and the favorite. Utah State is the two seed. Not many people know that if you ask them on the street, who's the two seed in the Mountain West? It's Utah State. Boise State is the three seed. Nevada's the four. San Jose State is the five. Those five all get a bye to Thursday. On Wednesday, you have three first-round games. Colorado State against Fresno State, UNLV against Air Force, and New Mexico against Wyoming. I would assume, I think, maybe you're more into bracketology than I am. I think the top four seeds are in. Maybe Is Utah State in? They're right on the cut line. I think their win against Boise probably puts them in for a lot of people. Their net is like top 20, top 25 yeah. right now. It'd be really tough for them to keep them out right now based on their strength of, um, strength of resume. Yeah, I guess if like Air Force beats UNLV and then they lose to Air Force, yeah, that could 
that could hurt. But they have they have zero Q one wins, and no at large team has ever had zero Q one wins. So that's kind of the precedence they're trying to overcome. Yeah. They, so yeah, they get one. If I mean, if they UNLV will UNLV be a quad one win? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think they're outside of top seventy five in the net. Yeah. What is UNLV at? Like, would this or, count as a? Does that count as a road game or no? I don't know. It's a good question. That's Thomas Mack, right? Yeah. So they, do they count that as a road game or because it's considered like neutral, but it is a road game? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I know Kim Palm will probably call it like a semi home or a home game. Um, but for net purposes, they probably count it as a neutral. Um, you don't be 89. Sure. 89. So it would be a Q2. Yeah. Um, but if they get past that game, they play Boise. I mean, that's a Q1 neutral. Um, yeah. Which would obviously be a huge one if they, if they beat them again be really hard to keep them out of the tournament. Actually, Boise is 27th in the net, so they did pick up a Q1 win by beating them at home. So they got one. Oh, go. fulfilled. Yeah, it's New Mexico would have to win this tournament, um, I believe. Maybe if... Yeah, they do. Too many bad losses. Maybe if they, yeah, if you got to the championship and you beat like Boise, Utah State, I still don't think that would be enough. So they have to win this thing. To get in, um, looking at the odds in the Mountain West, San Diego State is plus 150, Boise State's plus 340, Utah State's plus 380, Nevada 6 to 1, New Mexico 12 to 1, UNLV 14 to 1, San Jose State 40 to 1, Colorado State 60 to 1, and then your dregs, Fresno, Air Force, and Wyoming. All right, so when I look at this, I mean, San Diego State – is the best team in the league, but this is one of those favorites plus 150. Like, yeah. come on. Uh, absolutely no value. They would presumably have to play Nevada, Nevada in the semifinals, who they split with in the regular season. San Diego State also finds gets some gets into these grinders where like you know, off shooting night, Bradley's off, they could lose. Like, think about Fresno. If Fresno State beats Colorado State, I'm going to talk myself into betting Fresno State against Colorado State. I know it already. I'm sorry everyone listening. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but if Fresno State beats Colorado State, every Fresno State-San Diego State game is like 48 to 46, like going back to last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Even in the in the Mountain West tournament, it was like 50 to – it's like the free under. I think it almost went under in like a double overtime game last year. Um, so I'm looking to – there's no value whatsoever in San Diego state. So the question becomes, does New Mexico at 12 to one, can they make a run? Now here's the interesting part about New Mexico, Boise state. Also Boise state. So San Diego state, no value Boise state, the defending champs. I want zero part of Boise state. And the reason is they have zero bench, no Mm -hmm. bench whatsoever. And, you know, if you look at, you know, I, I look at a couple of times when they played, let's see, when they played three games in six days this year, they, one of the time they lost both. Um, they lost to at New Mexico and then they lost at San Jose state. Both games have lost in overtime, both games, they kind of wore down at the end. Now they're going to have to win three games in three days for a team that's 349th in bench minutes. If you look at New Mexico, New Mexico is going to have to win four games in four days. They are very reliant on their guards. They are 347th in bench minutes. So, and they got to win an extra, extra game. So 
Can UNLV make a run here at home? What is this like? We, they get to go back. When's the last time UNLV won this? Wink, at, Wink Adams was the tournament MVP, uh, I think. What are you seeing <laughs> high level here where the value is in the Mountain West? It's tough to peg because I feel like all of these teams are poor away from home. <laughs> Only four teams are profitable away from home this year against the spread. Um, but I guess everyone's on the same playing field here except UNLV. The team I trust most is San Diego State, but to your point, there is no value here at plus 150, plus, 30, plus 135. I've seen it at a book around here in Illinois. And you have to go to Nevada, which they're not playing well down the stretch, but that's a dangerous team with plenty of talent. New Mexico does intrigue me. And the reason is they have so much talent at the guard position, right? It's March. We trust guards who can basically create their own shots. And they have two of them with House and Mashburn. Um, I think they're well coached. And at the beginning of the year, when healthy, this team was awesome. They were 18 and two at one point. Obviously, injuries kind of slowed them down the back end, but they could definitely make a run. They have the formula, they, they can shoot. And they've also beaten Boise and San Diego State this season. Otherwise, I look for a team with really good defense. That is San Diego State and Boise. Boise, to their favor, they have no bench, but they have Marcus Shaver, a guard who can get a bucket, experienced point guard, and they have a fantastic defense. So I'm kind of leaning towards Boise as my pick here. Utah State intrigues me as well. Again, a team that can shoot, but I'm thinking I think I'm gonna uh, submit my pick for a flyer on New Mexico here as the best value. Yeah, I kind of the bench where the bench does wear me for both Boise and New Mexico. You're obviously getting a much better price with New Mexico, but they're gonna have to play one extra game. But I was kind of pricing out based on my power ratings what a, a money line rollover four game money line rollover in New Mexico be. It's like right around 12, 13 to one. Mm-hmm. Um, now you might have some, I might not be pricing properly the the fatigue. So there might be like a point or two more, but it, it's not like an egregious price where you can money line roll over this in regards to UNLV, the home team, my concern for UNLV, they play air force to start, which I mean, no air force isn't no gimme at all. Yep. They, they should be like a seven ish, seven and a half point favorite. Mm-hmm. UNLV did just close the year. I mean, they beat they beat Air Force by one at home, for what it's worth, like two weeks ago. They did just beat Nevada to close the year in overtime. My problem is healthier it's, too. Guys came yeah, back healthier too. But Utah State not a great matchup for them, mm-hmm. and they were waxed just March first at home by what twenty five against Utah State. Yeah, they did play them closer on the road. But do you have – and look, they have a really good defense. They're healthier. They have a deep bench. So the team's going to win four games in four days. They are a little deeper. They'll have the home court. You'll hear a lot of rebels. <laughs> Although Thomas and Mac, like I, I've used to go out to Vegas every year for the, this weekend or this upcoming weekend. And New, I was always shocked at the amount of New Mexico fans that were there. Travel um, well. Yeah, they travel really well. And like this is – a tournament that they have to have. So you'll see a lot of New Mexico fans there. You'll see, so you know, I won't be as, as dominant of a crowd for UNLV as you think the best game I ever saw there. I went to a couple of games in the Mountain West tournament is I saw uh Jimmer Fredette drop like 50. <laughs> what did he have against UNLV um, in the Mountain West tournament? Um, I'm sure he's done it multiple times. Yeah, that was, yeah, he scored 52 points. And I think, I think that was against New Mexico, um, but I don't know. That was that's my. It was just an awesome game to watch. But uh, and so, can, do you think UNLV has any chance of making a run here? 
if I'm going to give credit to Boise for having a great point guard than created zone shots, I got to give credit to UNLV too. Cause EJ Harkless is, is definitely a guy who can get a bucket. He's a senior really experienced. Um, and, and like I said before, they're healthier with Luis Rodriguez coming back in the lineup. You could argue they're a bit undervalued analytically because they've had guys in and out of the lineup. Um, and, and yeah, of course at home, always going to have a chance in a tournament setting. And to your point, they do play great defense. They force a lot of turnovers, which is really key. Um, at the current market price. Yeah. There could be a little value here at 18 to one. I'm worried about San Diego state. Um, obviously who they play, um, or excuse me, they're on the other side of the bracket. I worry about Utah state, uh, but from a value perspective, I could get there on UNLV. Um, if you attempted me. Yeah, this one's tough. Like I, I wish that some of the, in a way, I wish like San Diego state got the two seed. Cause I, I there's just zero value in them. And, and if you look like San Diego state is very good. Their defense is elite, but look, they beat what New Mexico and a three at the buzzer by two. They beat Fresno state by two. Fresno had a, th- a chance to win that game on a three. They beat Utah State by two. They beat Colorado State in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then, so this, then margins. Yeah, like the, there's, it's a team that's going to grind it out and uh, could easily go down. Like the, just the price, there's absolutely no value there, which I think creates a little bit of value on Nevada. Um, but I think that I think that if you're going to play this conference tournament, the way to go is. And because of that, you know, maybe you don't get San Diego State in the final because you take a flyer on either if you want to back the home Rebs or if you want to back the guards of New Mexico to make a run. Um, I think that's the way to go here. Anything you're looking at first round um, or down the line of a potential matchup to bet? Uh, well, I'm going to fade Wyoming. Um, that's that's my first fade. I don't think they're going to hang with New Mexico at all. I, they just beat Nevada. That surprised the heck out of me. I I don't know how they did that, frankly. Um, but they showed their true colors again at, at San Diego State. I, I think they're just totally lifeless at this point. They're ready for their season to be over. So I'll probably be targeting New Mexico uh, first round. Yeah, just an absolutely cursed year for Wyoming. Injuries. Graham Ike, the preseason player of the year, never played, redshirted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kicked off. Yeah, three kids got kicked off the team. And if it, the, the, the thing that sucks is I was looking at this conference tournament, like this episode right now, about a month and a half ago. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be pimping Wyoming for a long shot. Like assuming EK was going to come back. Right. Right. They would be healthy with Maldonado. They're really well coached, but it's just the shell of a team. They are, uh, they, they, they can't really make a run here. All right. One final conference tournament to get to and that is the whack this is also in the battle this will be in paradise at the at orleans arena starts on tuesday ends on saturday top four seeds get a buy that is sam houston state who is the favorite at plus 120 utah valley plus 170 southern utah seven to one Seattle, 15 to one. And then you have grand Canyon who doesn't have the buy. They're 14 to one Sam Houston state. Look, they are the best team in this league at plus one twenty uh, is, <laughs> is crazy. I have them. What do I have? 30 something percent, 32% to win this. Like no, zero value that, that whatsoever. Um, this is another case where the top, 
seed and the best team might be creating value elsewhere. Um, high level, what are you seeing in the WAC? Yeah, first of all, weird seeding because the New Mexico State thing, they used a, uh, a formula yeah. to seed this tournament. Utah Valley actually won the league, but they're the two seed. Um, I, I agree. Sam Houston and Utah Valley are mispriced. Um, just, just based on the overall talent and, and the ability of the rest of the league, this is a really good league, really tough from seeds three through even nine, I, I would say. So for teams to be fit to be priced at 125 and 150, where you're getting Southern Utah at eight to one and Seattle, I see 20 to one out here. I think that's very mispriced. Um, I, I would rather bet on Southern Utah and Seattle who also have buys in this bracket at those prices versus taking Utah Valley or Sam Houston, who I really do like. I think they're incredible teams and I might even back them in the NCAA tournament. If they get there, the value just isn't there. Seattle though, swept Grand Canyon. That's their first opponent. They beat Utah Valley and they've also shot really poorly as of late, which is not indicative of their true ability. They shoot a lot of threes. They usually make them in conference play, especially down the stretch. They've been missing shots. They're probably due for some regression. The concern is that they play Sam Houston they got handled by them. Um, they, they don't foul. They handle the ball well. Theoretically, they're good against Sam Houston, but it did not return good results during the season. And again, Southern Utah, kind of the same thing with, with, with the value perspective. They split with Utah Valley. They're the most experienced team in the league, and they have really, really top-end talent with Tavion Jones. So I'd probably target one of those two teams um, instead of the favorites. Yeah, let's see. Southern. What's the best price you see on Southern Utah? I see eight to one in one book. That's all I got up right now. Yeah, I like that as well. The, the interesting thing about this conference specifically is now Sam Houston State, they want to, and they can, they can pressure you into turnovers for days. Now, mm -hmm. they can cough it up themselves, but this conference is very matchup dependent. And then certain teams play very different styles. You know, you have some teams that play extremely fast. Mm hmm. Utah Valley, Southern Utah, Rio Grande is a just the I mean they, they sprint. Yeah, they want to play as fast as possible. And then you have some some snails, Cal Baptist, um, you know, Grand Canyon. Sam Houston wants to to grind the game down to a halt as well. If you're looking at potential long shots, maybe just if someone wants to hedge, um could a team like uh, let's see. Let's start in the in the medium. Cal Baptist, Taron Armstrong is a really good player. If you haven't seen him mm -hmm. play, I think they're they're dealing with some injuries now. They've also not fared well against these teams that can pressure them um, and kind of get up yeah. into their face, and they struggle like, with the physicality, which makes it which makes really Abilene a to... really tough first round matchup too. <laughs> yeah. So any any of the the teams that are you know kind of Cal Baptist on down worth a, a flyer. I mean, Abilene Christian, I can never figure out. There's a team that if I had to say who cost me the most money over the <laughs> yeah. past two years, it's, it's Abilene Christian. They got hot right around this time last year. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a team with a deep bench, their experience. Now on paper, they force a ton of turnovers with the way that their defense is schemed and they don't turn it over a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but their defense, they just give up so many wide. Every time I watch them, they give so many wide open threes and teams are shooting a 37 point in, in league play. Teams are shooting 42% from three, 
5.5% from two. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. So their defense is just, but they don't cause a turnover. You're getting a wide open shot. So any of the long shots even worth exploring, or is it just let's look in the that medium range where they kind of one step below the top teams? Yeah, Abilene's tough because they're one of the smallest teams in the country. So they gamble and they overplay. And if you get past that, you're, you're scoring. There's no resistance at the rim. The team I'm keeping an eye on, which I see 80 to 1 out here, is Tarleton State. Because of their chaotic style, I think they could make a run, kind of like Abilene, but to a different degree this season. If a team is even slightly shaky handling the ball and or fouls a lot, there is a path for Tarleton to simply outwork them. Um, they already beat Utah Valley once already this season. They forced 19 turnovers in that game. They shot 38 free throws. That's just what they do. So if a ref is feeling generous uh, in terms of the whistle, is he, if, he, if, he's, uh, if he has a tight whistle that night, Tarleton is a really good shot at, at knocking off a, a big-name opponent. Yeah, they – it's it's a a very interesting team because their games are going to have a shit ton of free throws. They are don't watch them. Don't watch the game. They also can't. <laughs> they only can score from two or the line. They never shoot threes. So it's like you know, if you look at their analytical profile, they're number one in the nation in free throw attempt rate on defense. They're number three hundred and sixty-two. <laughs> And um, so that's they're going to get to the line a ton. Their opponent's going to get the line to the time. They force a lot of turnovers. They never shoot threes. And when they shoot twos, they're not very good at it. Um, but if they're getting to the line and forcing turnovers, um, Billy Gillespie's squad has has some juice. Um, yeah, they're they're an interesting team. Their path would be Rio Grande. Which had Ooh. 72 free throws last game between the two when they made. They got they swept. Up. They got swept by Rio Grande. They're tough because um, Rio Grande fouls like nobody's business and can't handle the ball. It's like a perfect Tarleton matchup. Rio Grande is second in the nation in free throw attempt rate. So that's the first <laughs> round matchup. You have Tarleton's number one in the country and Rio Grande's number two. Tar- and then Rio Grande's number 330, I think, in defensive. Yeah, there's going to be a trillion free throws in that game, but they totally got swept by Rio Grande. Um, both were really, really close. And then they'd have to play Utah Valley. Yeah, I guess they could be an intriguing long shot, but it's hard to see them with the way that they play winning. I mean, yeah, Tar- Rio Grande, I don't know. How, how did Rio Grande sweep them? They, they, cause you're going turns oh, it over all the time. Tarleton swept. Uh, oh, did Rio Grande sweep Tarleton? Wow. Uh, yeah, I missed that. I'm shocked Rio because Grande- I, yeah, yeah, they did. Man, I, I, thought, I thought Tarleton was a great matchup for him, but they did. They did. Ready? You want to hear the, the the first? So Rio Grande just beat Tarleton 99 to 95. This is February 25th in overtime. Tarleton finished the game 1 of 11 from three. Game went to overtime. It was in the 90s. 1 of 11 from three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the first meeting... Oh, they shot 13, four of 13 from three. Yeah, I could just, there's going to be a ton of free throws. So I would think theoretically, I'm going to, let's see. Yeah, Tarleton's probably going to be like a four or five point favorite though. It's it, it's tough to lay points with them. But right. Rio Grande, there's a ton of possessions because they just want to play so fast. I might look Tarleton in that first matchup against Rio Grande. And then they might have some, they, I like them as a dog. I like Tarleton as a dog more Much so. Much better than a as a dog. Much better yeah. as a dog. Maybe a good money line parlay piece uh, on Wednesday. 
so yeah, I think we're we're on the same page here. Sam Houston is very good. They're playing very well, but there's just I mean, it's probably one of as far as like when I just compare my the, my probability to the actual odds plus one twenty. Mm-hmm. Come on, do not bet that. <laughs> if you like Sam Houston, you'll get better odds if you if you bet them with a money line rollover. Always remember to check that. So yeah, I think I would agree with you. I think that it's what do we say? You Utah Valley eight to one you can find. Southern Utah. Southern Utah, I mean, excuse me. Yeah. Southern Utah, 8-1. Yeah, to 8-1. One. One. Yeah, pretty good. We didn't talk about Stephen F. Austin. Clearly, they're usually a team that does pretty well in these tournaments. Southland, whack. Uh, another kind of helter-skelter team. 11-1, four, game, four games in four days. Maybe, think about it. Um, but I, I prefer Southern Utah. Yeah, Stephen F. Austin, let's see, their path would be Utah. That team that turns it over a ton. They force a ton of turnovers. They want to play fast. They get to the line a ton. They, you know, that's a they want a heavy pressure team. They do have a deep bench. They go deep, which is good here. They don't shoot any threes, but they're good when they do. They took they played Sam Houston very tough both times, but Sam Houston is on the other side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. Their path would be Utah Tech, and I think they, yeah, they beat Utah Tech pretty handily when they. Yeah, when they play, they should force a ton of turnovers in that game. So that's a pretty good matchup for them. Then they would play Southern Utah. Let's see, they lost by nine in, I think that was their only meeting. Southern Utah, uh, I mean, I don't I don't hate Stephen F. Austin as a, a long shot. Something just seems off with them to me. Yeah, this is a really tough conference to crack, but the one seed I just don't think has any value. So if you want to take a shot, you mentioned Seattle. I think Southern Utah probably has the most value given their talent level. Mm-hmm. How about Grant? Any thoughts on Grand Canyon? I, I don't love him just because of the Blackshear injury. You know, they've played okay without him, but in a tournament setting, you know, same odds as Seattle, and they're going to get past their first-round opponent, I think. Uh, UT Arlington, not, not too scared of them. But I think Seattle is just as good, and, and they had to play one last game. So I prefer the Red Hawks. Yeah, they would have been – Grand Canyon would have been a super interesting team had Blackshear not gotten hurt. They pretty much need, like, Ray Harrison to go hero yeah. ball now. Right. Um, and that's going to be a tough ask for four games in, what, five – I think this is four games in five days. So, yeah, I agree with you. That pretty much put their season to bed. Mm-hmm. All right, good stuff. That wraps up the Big East, the Mountain West, the WAC, and the Big West. I think we're on the same page that Mountain West, WAC, and Big West, those favorites just have no value and way overpriced. Right. So there's opportunities to attack maybe one step below. And then in the case of like the Mountain West, if you want to take a shot with a New Mexico or UNLV. And then in, in the Big East, I think it's the opposite. I think actually UConn, with the way that they're playing over the past month, they actually, I actually show some value. They're basically priced the same as Marquette, mm-hmm. which I disagree with. So I show a little bit of value on UConn. And then on the same token, because I think Marquette is overvalued, and and, and by the way, Villanova's awfully priced. <laughs> so you can, might want to attack, if you want to play them, Moneyline Rollover, if you want to attack them on the bottom half, I can see that because Marquette is, I think, overvalued. That makes UConn even more valuable. But if you want to just say, look, 
because I don't think the Giants can make a run. But if you want to say Providence can put one effort together against UConn, because the Johnnies can certainly win two games and beat Marquette, then then that Providence 15 to one ticket will look super juicy. Mm-hmm. We've seen Cooley make a run there before. Any final thoughts on any of the terms that we talked about? No, I'm just excited to watch. I think the WAC, the Big West, is going to be highly competitive. Um, hope we get some great games. Yeah, we will make sure you tune in to two other conference tournament previews. I'll be doing one with Mr. Jim Root later tonight. We'll be covering four conferences and then another one tomorrow morning, which will be out in the afternoon on Monday, covering, I think, like six others. Uh, I do have to ask you before you go, I'll put you on the spot. You gotta let you, if you need to dig for 20 seconds, is there any future, could be but not just not a conference that we talked about, could be a national title future, uh, or it, it could be going on right now. Um, any other future that you think is worth mentioning? All right. Let's see here. I'm going to dig for a, a, a natty title future. See, the problem is I think UCLA is, is a real, real contender for the title this season. I don't know if you can find better than nine to one. That's what I'm seeing here. If you can find 10 to one or better, I, I think they're a really good bet. I I'm just super impressed by this team. They have basically every single ingredient I'm looking for in a, in a champion. So I'm looking for the Bruins. If you could find UConn 20 to one, like I said, they're, they're the number one team over the past month per Torvik. They yeah, have dude, to be pretty intriguing, right? I am invested in them already. Um, for some uh, 26 to one, I think I got it earlier this season, but yeah, 20 yeah, to one is some... still out there at some places. Yeah. I, I would <laughs> be okay with that. They could get a three seed still. They're on the four line, I think right now, but a three seed is very possible. Yeah. I have some 23 to one. I might add a little bit on 20 to one with the way that they're trending. If you had a, all right. So I'll, you didn't give a conference tournament future. So I'll ask you one other question. If you had a ride with three teams going into the dance, I think I asked Jim this on our big bets on campus live show, which we will have another episode on Tuesday morning. If you had a ride with just three teams in the dance, you don't know where they're going to be seated as of right now. If you have, if you get one of the winners, you get a million dollars. You don't risk <laughs> anything. You're taking UCLA. I take it as one. Taking UCLA, taking Houston. I think they have a great formula as well to get to the final four. Uh, man, third one, Kansas for me, Bill self 15 Q one wins. I mean, they've kind of proven it over and over again. Can't go wrong rolling with Mr. Self. All right. There you have it. The one and only comic Q and thanks for joining me. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to our audio and video teams on the back end. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, leave a review. We'll do, we'll do giveaways next week. I think by the time you hear this, we'll be, choosing the winner who's going to share our futures portfolio come the dance the madness is here it's already started and it's not going to stop it's basically non-stop college basketball through next sunday night and then it's selection sunday we'll have a ton of content enjoy the madness it's the best time of the year merry christmas thanks for listening and we'll catch y'all later cheers Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.